Matthew chapter 3, we're going to continue a series on discipleship. And I have a little challenge for you at the end of the day. <coughs> Excuse me. So hopefully, um, we may not have a challenge every single week, but a lot of weeks we're going to have some challenges during this series. And it'll be encouragement for you to get out of the building, for your faith to really be active outside the building. So let's start there, Matthew chapter 3. We're going to be in verse 13 uh, through 17 to get started. Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, the Word of God says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. So a lot of the things we're going to look at the next few weeks are just going to be patterns of the master. We're going to try to follow what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus is God. And if he's doing these things, they are good things for us to learn, to imitate, to mimic. And the one we're talking a little bit about today is baptism. And I got something slightly funny to kind of get you thinking about this morning as we talk about baptism. Everybody usually has some pretty interesting stories when we talk about that. This is from Bob Beasley. He says, our three-year-old daughter, Rena, sat with us during the baptismal service last Sunday night, which was a new experience for her. She exclaimed in surprise, why he pushed that guy in the water? Why, Dad, why? <laughs> My wife tried to explain briefly and quietly, but Rena just wouldn't be satisfied. Later that night, we tried to provide answer that sin and told Rena that when uh, people decide to live for Jesus and do good, they want everyone to know. We then explained that water symbolizes Jesus washing people from sin, and when they come out clean, they are going to try and be good, again, in three-year-old terms. A moment later, we realized we'd have to work on our explanation bit. Rena had immediately responded, well, why didn't Pastor Bob just spank him? <laughs> right? Just clean up the sin and get on with it, right? Sometimes the kids have the best answers. As we think about learning and following the master, one of the things we've got to remind ourselves is the basic, basic truths of the gospel. And what I want you to see today, if you haven't seen this before, baptism is one of the clearest pictures of the gospel. So this week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity kind of in a creative way to share the basic truths of the gospel through your knowledge of baptism. I think most of you already have a good grasp, but we're going to review some basics today. Just make sure that we're all on the same page. So a couple of simple questions we want to answer today from these texts. And the first one is, why was Jesus baptized? Why was Jesus baptized? So let's look again in Matthew chapter 3. And this time, let's go back up to verse 11. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Why was Jesus baptized? Matthew writes, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, 
and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. All right, whose voice is this speaking here? Anybody know? John the Baptist, right? Yeah. So John the Baptist is, he's the one proclaiming. Now, if you know a little bit about John the Baptist and his character, you can read the first part of Matthew 3. We're not going to go into that detail today. But John was the guy that he um, ate locusts. We were talking about the plagues in our Sunday school class last Sunday. And that's, he ate grasshoppers and wild honey, and he wore camel's hair, right? And Wednesday night, you remember we talked about this a little bit, right? John came fasting, not eating, not drinking. Jesus came, and he was a friend of drunkards and gluttons, and it didn't matter. People didn't like either one of them, right? They didn't like their message, right? And so you have that same truth here about who John was. John began to preach a baptism of repentance. So what people were doing kind of at this time, this is a little past Old Testament time, but when people would go to worship, many people would go and they would actually have a symbolic cleansing before they would go to worship. So they would go and kind of have get this cleansing moment and then they would go and worship the Lord, okay? But John takes it a little step further and he's telling people that more than just preparing yourself for worship, you need to repent of your sin. And so there were tax collectors and prostitutes and just the the sinners group you know we've been using that term sinners even on Wednesday night a little bit right that's some of the people that were coming out to John the Baptist they were repenting of their sins and he was baptizing them in the water and symbolically washing them and they were having a newness a new walk at that time okay the Pharisees come out and what's John say to them Oh, great to see you guys. You're good. <laughs> right? He laid into them, right? You vipers. Like, you need to repent. If anybody needs to repent, you Pharisees need to repent. And one of the things that most of us really like about John the Baptist is he never pulled punches. Right? And we know his end, right? Okay? So that's the other thing. Yeah, it's always exciting sometimes to be, oh, I'm that person who just speaks my mind. Well, how about when it ends with your head being taken off? Right? That's where John the Baptist ended up and we know his end Jesus says ultimately that he was the greatest man born among women right he had incredible testimony but he was very very bold and outgoing okay so in this setting what we're going to find out is Jesus comes to John to be baptized now what's the problem with that what was John's baptism about again it's about repentance and we know Jesus was a a huge sinner right (laughs) No, right? There's no sin in Christ. So that kind of begs the question, doesn't it, right? If John is baptizing a baptism of repentance, then Jesus, why are you coming to be baptized of John? This doesn't really add up, does it? And even John asks that question, doesn't he, right? John will come around and he'll say, if anything, it's kind of like Peter. Did too. If it be badly impure. And so when John recognizes that, Jesus speaks to him and John tries to deter him. John again says, You know, this isn't the right way things that should happen. But why would Jesus be baptized? Well, I've got uh, three reasons here this morning for you to think about, and then we'll probably, you could probably add to these, but these are three basic ones, okay? Why would Jesus be baptized? Well, the first one that comes to mind is what we have in this picture here is Jesus' divinity is on full display. Do you believe that Jesus is God today? If the Bible is true, the Bible teaches that Jesus is God, okay? 
And so what we see here in this moment, even though it's not a baptism of repentance, we see the Trinity on full display at the baptism of Christ, don't we, right? You guys remember what happens, right? Again, think about this. If you were some of the people around at the time, right? The heavens open and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descends upon Christ and upon John in that setting. And also the Lord himself speaks. This is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. And so one of the big purposes of the baptism of Jesus was to let everybody know Jesus is the Messiah. He is God. Okay. So that, in that sense, it's different than John's typical symbol of repentance, but Jesus' divinity here is on full display. The second one, the one you guys are very familiar with, is that this is an example for us to follow. If Jesus is perfect and he still gets baptized, what does that say to me? (laughs) I'm a mess, right? If the perfect son of God says, I'm going to get baptized and you should get baptized, then what in the world would stop me from getting baptized? Okay, and so just to clarify, when guys, I think we all know this again, some very familiar text today, but Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, you know, is the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Jesus came to the disciples again after his resurrection. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go, right? Go and then make disciples and then do what? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? If you need a really simple, clear objective for your life, there it is, okay? Go, <laughs> make disciples, not excuses, as Michael has on a shirt today, <laughs> and baptize, right? So this is a struggle. It's been a struggle for our church, and I'm hoping that this may be an encouragement to us today, okay? Again, it, the scripture is pretty clear. Jesus says, baptize. It's a command. If the perfect son of God, who needed no repentance, would be baptized, and he says, we should be baptized, let's do that, right? Now, you may run across some people that have a fear of water or a fear of crowds, things like that. But there's different ways that we can work those things out to still help them obey the Lord's command. Most of the time, they just need to step up and do things. But sometimes we do need to make those special opportunities where they still follow in the Lord's obedience of what he did. You guys, some of the things I'm going to refer to today, we've been through a little bit before in a book called Simple by Rob Morgan. It's just the A, B, C, D, E of church. And he talks the B is baptism. If you guys want a real good, clear grasp on that so you can share with other people, let me know and get you a copy of that. But some of this today is from from Brother Morgan's things. Okay, baptism. One reason, God's divinity and his son Jesus is on full display. Second reason is Jesus is just giving us an example uh, to follow. But third, and this to me is the most significant thing this morning, when we think about baptism, maybe you haven't really thought about this in great detail, but Jesus' baptism is previewing the ultimate baptism of the cross. What are you talking about, preacher? No water at the cross, right? Think about baptism for a second, okay? How are we positioned in immersion when we think about baptism, right? I still remember my grandpa, when he baptized me, grandpa always carried these handkerchiefs around. And whenever he baptized people, he would like almost suffocate you with the handkerchief because he was supposed to be protecting water from coming up your nose. I'm like, I'd just rather breathe, grandpa, right? But I was in my grandpa's uh, arms 
at Decatur First Real Baptist Church. I think I was seven. I think it was a year after I got saved. And my grandpa, you have to know my grandpa, he had great big hands, and he didn't do anything gentle. He came and patted you on the back. And so when he baptized people, I mean, he was going for it. He wasn't gentle. He was dunking, right? And so here I am with my grandpa, and what am I doing? I, how am I starting? I'm vertical, right? I get dunked. I go horizontal. And I come up out of the water, and I'm vertical again. Now think about this for a second. This is previewing the baptism of the cross. How do most people usually die? Do they die vertical or horizontal? Again, I don't have any statistics, but I'm going to say most people die like this, right? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is symbolized in baptism. How did Jesus die? He died vertically. What? That's kind of interesting, isn't it, right? Jesus died, and then what happened to Jesus? He was buried, wasn't he? He was laid out horizontal, horizontal on a slab of stone, a cold place in his burial clothes, and for three days. But then whatever happened after three days, he rose again, right? Now, what I'm telling you today is when you look at the baptism of Jesus, the, the literal water baptism of Jesus, that was foretelling what he was going to face. And it is the perfect picture of the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the gospel, verse 3. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he says, For I <laughs> pass on to you, for I receive what I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ, what? He died for our sins according to the scriptures. And then second, what does it say? That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. The Old Testament prophesied Messiah would come, and that he would die, he would be buried, he would be raised again. And all this is previewed in immersion. Right? That's the gospel. Jesus died upright, buried three days, three days later he rose again. Again, simply put, again this morning, death, burial, and resurrection, this is baptism. All right? So if you want to talk to your kids or your grandkids down the road about baptism, um, you can suggest spanking might be as good, I don't know. <laughs> but what you really want to get across is this very simple truth. Baptism is death. Again, that's a strange way to think of death vertically, but death, burial, resurrection right that's that's what it is this is baptism uh, brother morgan put it this way and i really like how he, he phrased it jesus baptism was in anticipation of what he was going to do when we are baptized it is in commemoration of what he has already done right jesus baptism looked forward to the cross and the resurrection our baptisms today, they look back in commemorating what Jesus has accomplished, all right? So that's why Jesus was baptized. Again, real simple today, Jesus' divinity is on display. He's an example for us to follow, and it previews the ultimate baptism of the cross. That's why Jesus was baptized by John, even though he did not need to repent. All right, second simple question today. Why should we be baptized? All right? 
Is, baptize a, is baptism a, a big thing in our culture? It could be. First thing we just already said, it is commanded by Jesus. You can have all kinds of theories and all kinds of feelings and all kinds of things, right? But Jesus says, do it. What do you think? Do it, <laughs> right? Don't make it so hard. Go make disciples and baptize them. I think sometimes we get so wound up in all this other stuff, and Jesus is actually keeping it pretty simple. So the first thing today, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior and repented of your sins, Jesus says, be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is the command. It's very simple. Uh, baptism also is directed by the preachers of the gospel. So Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Some of you guys are probably super familiar with this passage. We know what Peter went through, right? Man, I've really enjoyed our Good Friday thing because I kind of saw Peter's low even more than I had seen before. And then when Jesus, you know, forgave him, basically three times forgave him, uh, somebody who had done the most thing, the most unimaginable thing you could ever do, which is to deny Jesus. I do not know him. People to Christ. That's amazing. Isn't it how God can work, right? Well, here we are, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter preaching to thousands of people. He replied and he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, so why should we be baptized? Jesus says so. We should be baptized because the preachers of the gospel direct us to follow in Jesus' command. The third one here is just, it is completely and thoroughly Biblical. You'll find all kinds of people disagree about sacraments, right? This morning we were having a little discussion upstairs about uh, the Catholic Church and sacraments that they have. Even in Baptist, there's a lot of disagreement over sacraments there or practices. For example, we're the crazy free will Baptists who do what twice a year? We wash feet, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's something that we practice that other people are like, what are you doing? That just seems so odd, right? Okay. So there is some division about maybe what practices to practice. But here's the thing. Just about every denomination practices what? Baptism, right? There may be some different forms. There may be pouring, maybe sprinkling, maybe immersion. But everybody practices baptism because it is so thoroughly biblical. So we just read to you where Peter preached to those people. The scripture says they were cut to the heart. I mean, he called them out. He called the Jewish leaders out and said it was you who crucified the Son of God. If we say that today in our culture, when we people have said that, then there's all these flame wars about how could you blame the Jewish race for the crucifixion of Jesus? Because they were guilty. That's how. Peter himself was a Jew. He proclaimed that. And out of that, what happened? Was there this huge revolt? 3,000 people <laughs> come to Christ. Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. That would have been an interesting line, wouldn't it? What are these people on the line for? Oh, they're getting ready to be baptized down here at the river. Who's next? 3,000. Right Again, 3,000 people who have this immense joy, this release of sin and shame and the hope of heaven because they received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thoroughly biblical. Another quick example, Acts chapter 8, verse 36. This is Philip, who's one of the first deacons. He's out traveling along, and he runs into an Ethiopian eunuch. They have conversations. They're reading Isaiah chapter 53 there together, which I still think has got to be an amazing thing, pulling up a scroll, reading Isaiah 53. What better does that get, right? 
And so in Acts chapter 8, verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said to Philip, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? What the eunuch, what was he saying? What prevents me from having the joy that you have, Philip? If baptism is the symbol that is that expression, I want that. Let's take care of that. And guess what happened? Did the eunuch get baptized? You better believe he did. And then something miraculous happened to Philip, even right after that. All right, one more, just to remind you that this is thoroughly biblical. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, he says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I'm just kind of feeling happy talking about baptism. <laughs> it's good stuff, isn't it, right? It is that washing and that cleansing and that destruction of sin and shame and guilt in our life. And it's that reminder that it's fresh and clean and new in Jesus and he gives us hope and a future. And so again, and we could have done probably a hundred texts today, but I wanted to give you a few things to remind you that it is thoroughly, thoroughly biblical. Okay, why should we baptize? Fourth thing. It is the opportunity for us to identify with Christ. We are dying to sin and self, right? Here we are. We're going down. We're dying. We're dying to our sin, to ourself, but then we're being raised in the newness of life. Baptism tells other people that you are identifying with Jesus. Do you identify with Jesus? Is it okay if somebody calls you, uh, what was that, that big... Uh, problem that James had this week. Somebody called him a Christian and a Bible believer. That's some strong words, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord if somebody calls me a Christian and a Bible believer. Amen? Right? Baptism is identifying with Jesus. You are announcing that you are following Christ's example, and more exactly, here we are today, you're saying, I am a disciple. I'm following that guy. Right? Now, in some places, it's a bigger deal than others. Here, I mean, what do we usually do? We probably invite our family and friends in. If it's a, a good opportunity, we may even have like a meal afterwards kind of thing. Just a real celebration, right, of what has happened. I want to read you this story to make you think again about what it is to identify with Jesus. It's from Raymond McHenry. When Texas pastor Jim Dennison was in college, he served as a summer missionary in East Malaysia. While there, he attended a small church, and at one of the church worship services, a teenage girl came forward to announce her decision to follow Christ and to be baptized. During the service, Dennison noticed some worn-out luggage leaning against the wall outside the church building, and so he asked the pastor about it. The pastor pointed to the girl who had just been baptized, and he told Dennison, her father said that if she was baptized as a Christian, she could never go home again. So she brought her luggage. That is something, isn't it, right? Again, when we identify with Christ in our culture, and this may change in the future, but right now it's still, you know, it's, it's not a negative overall, right? Oh, you're a Christian. Okay, I get that. You've been baptized. Good for you, right? But what I'm going to remind you today is that in many cultures, when you identify with Christ, you, you better have your luggage because you're out. What we've been seeing from our friends in India, they're getting accused of conversion. And some of those people, what we saw just recently, right? Remember Ringa, right? Uh, 
her husband because of, she got permission to get baptized. <laughs> but when she came back, she brought a Bible with her and then he beat her and then he kicked her out of, her, out of their house. She identified with Christ and it cost her now, but it will reward her ultimately, okay? You guys today, I'm just trying to say this as carefully and gently as I can, but I think sometimes we really take for granted our culture and don't realize that when we are identifying with Christ, it's a big deal. And we need to make sure that it's not just one little checkoff box, but it's actually a transformation of our life that we've really died to ourselves and we've really been raised to Jesus. Okay, let me give you a few more in this morning, then we'll wrap it up here. Why should we be baptized? Number five, baptism is a symbol that you are being cleansed. Again, I still can't get over Wednesday night. I don't know why this hits me the way it did. Sometimes things just hit you in a strange way. But whenever the, the four guys bring their paralyzed guy in on the mat, and Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. I think I've just so ran over those words, that phrase so quickly, and this Wednesday night just rushed over me to hear Jesus audibly out loud say, your sins are forgiven. It's okay. I'm going to cover them. <laughs> right? That is what, and that's what this is. That's why we should, it should be a lot more a party. I think for our next baptism, maybe we'll get disco lights and confetti and whatever, right? There should be this like celebration, like what has happened here is the best thing that could ever happen to you. You're clean. Isn't that good? Yes, that's baptism. And I think sometimes, again, we just try to tone everything down and calm it down. But this is the best day of your life when you identify with Christ. It may be one of the hardest days of your life. We just saw that. But it is definitely the best day. Amen? Because you're showing to everyone, the Lord has made me clean. The next thing, number six, another reason to be baptized. Baptized, Baptism says you are a part of the body of Christ. That little girl that brought her luggage that lost her family, she gained a bigger family, didn't she? Like that. Amen. Now, again, I'm challenging you here today. We've got to be that family. I mean, it's one thing. It's good. I'm so glad you guys are here this morning. And it's good to show up and to sit with each other and pray for one another here for an hour a week. Okay? But we got to be family for one another, especially when we find out people in our community that when they identify with Christ, it may cost them their other family or their whole life that they had known before. They may, their friends may no longer want to be around them or be near them. We need to be that family. Amen. Baptism says you're part of the body of Christ. Number seven, baptism is a time to celebrate the joy that salvation brings. Okay? It needs to be something where we really we let people know that we are so happy with what happened. And finally, number eight, to me, and this is a good thing for me, I think for all of us this morning, baptism is a reminder of what is most important in church. Right? We can celebrate a lot of things. Right? It's good to have fellowship. It's good to have good truth. It's good to have lots of people. It's good to have a great song. But what we've got to remember is we were called to go to make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want us to renew our commitment to that here locally in our church. It's been a long time since we've had a baptism. I appreciate Brother Greg. He's working on our Baptist tree to get us ready. So we'll, have, we'll be ready to go 
we're not doubting, we're trusting the Lord's going to deliver, but it's been, it's been a long time. We're not going to make anybody become a Christian so we can pad some stats. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going, making disciples, and then baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay? All right. Why did Jesus be baptized? We saw those reasons. And why you should be baptized? We've seen those reasons. Again, if you want to check out that book from Brother Morgan about simple, it'd be really good. Final quote this morning. This was from Leadership Magazine. In baptism, we are initiated, crowned, chosen, embraced, washed, adopted, gifted, reborn, killed, and thereby sent forth and redeemed. We are identified as one of God's own, then assigned our place and our job within the kingdom of God. That's baptism, all right? David, Jacob, can you help me out for a second? Leah, you can help out if you want to. Come up here real quick. I got a job for you. Go hand out some of those for me, would you? Go hand those out. I'll take one here. No, I don't need one. You're, you're good. Okay. So what I want to do over the next few weeks, and again, we may not do this every Sunday, but most Sundays, I'm going to give you a mission, all right? Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Does that sound familiar? Right? Your mission, should you choose to accept it. So there's not going to be any grading. Like next Sunday when you come back, I'm not going to say turn in your card and write down A, B, C, D, or F what you did for the week, Okay. This is between you and the Lord, but this is a challenge. This is a push for you. So here's my challenge to you this week. It's not huge, but it's a good start. I want you to approach five different people this week and find out if they have been baptized. And this can go really good either way, right? Hey, Preacher has been on my case at church this week. We've been talking about discipleship. He wanted us to go find out and hear. He said some baptism stories are some of the best stories he's, he's ever heard. Can you tell me about your baptism story? And then somebody might, oh, yeah, when I was, or I was 13 or I was 40 and I was living in sin. And God, oh, you'll get some of that stuff. And that's going to be an encouragement to them and to you. But you're also going to get some of, uh, I've never been baptized. Hello? Here's your open door. So then I want you to ask them, well, what do you think baptism means? And then listen. Your preacher is the worst about jumping in and trying to tell them what he thinks it is. <laughs> All right? But when you get that opportunity with that person this week that you say, hey, can you tell me about, have you been baptized? What was that like for you? And they're like, no, I've never been. Well, what do you think that means? Sit back for a second, give them a chance to think about it and respond and really listen to what they say and pray and look for the Lord to give you an opportunity in there. Hopefully you'll have an opportunity like my dad, like Rob Morgan. And if you get a chance, you can pull out a pen or if you have to, you can just use your hand. And so what we were reminded of this week is that, well, what's interesting about Jesus' baptism is it foreshadowed his death, his burial and resurrection. Most people die like this, <laughs> but Jesus died like that. And because he died and he buried and he was risen again, the scripture says that people will trust in what he did for them, that they will be cleansed from their sin and they have hope in heaven. And then you just shared the gospel with somebody. Amen? That's your challenge. Five 
people, five. It's not a big deal, right? And I know some of you, you're going to like go the easy route and you're going to find your five closest friends and say, I got to feel good about this. Just tell me. <laughs> Let the Lord lead you to the five people, okay? It may be somebody you know, maybe your own family member. That'd be great for you to know how your grandma was baptized or how your granddaughter was baptized. But also I'm hoping this will give you a chance at the grocery store or at your, at your work or even in your neighborhood to say, and you can blame the preacher, right? I've got this crazy mission I'm supposed to do. Can you tell me about your story, okay? All right, let's stand this morning.